Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. So at the end of last year, I decided that I wanted to do something different, do something fun, do something fresh and new. So I decided to do a series, a podcast series of the Enterprise Now podcast, except live. Check it out. Here is my live podcast interview. Miller, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah! Nice. <laughs> so let me start out by asking you a few questions that I have until I see some come up in the chat here. So talk a little bit about the genesis, right? Because you have a unique background, in my opinion, just because you have a mix of creative and business. So just talk about the many things that are Pat Miller. I had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. If you would have told me 20 years ago I was going to have my own small business, I wouldn't have believed it because I went to school and I was going to be a radio guy. I was a radio guy. My first career was in radio. I spent 24, five years. I don't remember. It's all a blur at this point. But everything from doing overnight shows to being a music director to a production director to morning host, afternoon host, building stations. And that was my career. And then I went over to the marketing side and started working on ratings and revenue. And that's when things really got fun. Because I started talking with the sales folks and the clients and solving their problems. I'm like, oh, this is fun. So it was exciting to build things from scratch and come up with ideas and turn ideas into money. And that's when I realized I want to do this on a big scale. And I just ran out of runway in the radio business. And so now I decided to leave and go do my own thing. So it says, Pat has a great reason why he started his business. Ask him that. So Pat, why'd you start the business? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what Lisa's talking about, the exact reason why I started the business, but I wanted a challenge to help small business owners. I wanted to get out there and help people make a difference. And the reason why I'm on the planet is to come up with ideas every day. And I realized that the one thing that I do, the one thing that I love is to connect the disconnected and solve problems. And I wondered how could I go do that for a living? So maybe that's what Lisa was referencing, but that's why. I'm doing what I'm doing now. And that's why I love what I do every day. Now, how did you get to that place, right? Because one of the biggest struggles that I found with people in general is they're not self-aware enough to even know what are those things that make them wake up in the morning with a smile. So tell us about that journey of self-awareness and you realizing, hey, I kind of love this thing. I want to do more of it. And I think it's a journey that a lot of entrepreneurs walk. When I left the radio station to start my business, I went to market doing what I thought I should say that I do. So I'm like, hey, I'm a marketing strategy firm and I can help you with your marketing strategy. And people looked at me like, okay, you seem like a nice guy, but what the heck are you talking about? No one knew. And I had to keep on refining and iterating and iterating. And a quick story is I joined the MMAC. And in the MMAC, they have a small business networking group called the Cosby Group. And I went to the Cosby Golf Outing and I got paired with Lori Rifkin. 
And I did not know Lori at all. Like literally shaking hands in the first tee. Didn't know him. Rode in the same cart together. So we talk business and we zoom around and he's in full-on Lori Rifkin cross-examiner role. Like he's trying to get inside my head for like 10 holes. And finally, we get on the back nine and he's ready to snap. And he finally gets and just would not let up. And for like two holes was grilling me. And I'm like freaking out. I'm ready to like fold and walk off the golf course. And what he was saying was, no, no, you say that's what you do, but who are you? What's your deal? What are you here for? And he would not let up. And it was devastating to me because I left without a good answer. It took me four or five months to figure out what that answer was. But the way that I went from, hey, I'm a marketing strategist to Pat Miller, the idea coach, is it tough conversations with people like Lori? And this network raised me into what I'm doing now. So now that I'm on that one little bit of marketing that I do, and I can run for office on that, I got there not because of self-awareness. I got there because people pushed me to get there. So props to Lori and Jennifer Buchholz and the people in the Brookfield Chamber. I could just list people all day long that have helped me refine my message. It's amazing how that works, right? I had the distinct pleasure of having lunch with Lori and I too had, I believe he called them echoes or something. And to this day, that conversation changed my perspective. So I definitely get the feeling of being in a golf cart in a closed area with Mr. Lori. <laughs> <laughs> I too have had that experience. <laughs> yeah, it was uncomfortable, but it was growth, right? Growth is uncomfortable. We'll call that a lot of growth in 18 holes. Got it. So is your unique ability slash strength to connect the disconnected something that you have always had or something that you have developed over time? It's something I always found interesting, but like any other muscle, the more you do it, the easier it is. And the way that I got a lot of practice in, when you're on the radio, especially music radio, you talk over the start of a song. You hear DJs do this all the time, right? The business, we called it a post. So the post of the record might have been 15 seconds. And let's say, and this is literally how it would go. You think like you listen to the radio or look at TV stations and think, oh, they've got armies of people and everything's all planned out and everything's so professional. No, that's not how it goes. Here's how it goes. Oh my God, we got this thing from Summerfest. Get it on the air right now before the competition. And they'd hand it to you. And over that 15 seconds, you would have to have a way to explain that Aerosmith was coming to town and when tickets went on sale and why the audience should care. And that was the thing. Because in music radio, you're targeting one gender in a 10-year age range. Every word you say is targeted at women 35, 54, or men 18 to 34. So you use their words, you use their references, you're always targeting everything. So it was a constant effort to run things through the filter for that audience. You do that long enough, and then you can kind of learn the shortcuts and how you go about doing that. So thousands of reps. What do they say? You got to do it 10,000 hours before you get good at something. I did it for 20 years, and that kind of helped me get to where I'm at. Got it. I think that's key that you said that because a lot of times I think in business, we try things, but we don't give it enough reps to get really good at it. So that's a good point. So can you describe some of the failures that might have turned into triumphs for you or has allowed you to change path to a better result? I've had a lot of failures. (laughs) There's been a lot of misfires. I've done some events that didn't go very well. I've launched some products that I thought were going to be great that weren't on brand at all. And what's cool is that some of them now are coming back. I'm building an online community for small business owners. 
And some of the stuff that I was going to put out as a standalone and they were failures when they went out are going to come now back behind the paywall in this community that I'm building. So sometimes failures are just successes that aren't timed right, right? So like I put some stuff out and now I'm going to be able to use it in the future. That's kind of cool. So you always got to keep on swinging and not everything's going to work, but don't lose your notes and don't delete anything because you might need it someday. Awesome advice and a perfect segue to my next question. So what is your favorite success story as the idea guy? I mentioned Lori earlier. So I just got to bring up lunch with Lori because I'm really excited for Lori and lunch with Lori because we were having lunch and we decided that that should be a thing that he should do. And the idea was simply sitting with him and having him look into your soul over a cup of coffee. He's got this x-ray vision thing that helps people think about who they are and what they should be doing. And that is something that he needed to develop. And he needed a product that he could use as his door opener, as his hook. So to his credit, he took hashtag lunch with Lori and didn't stop. And now it's a thing. Like he's got people waiting for weeks to have lunch with Lori simply to get a chance to get cross-examined by the guy. So it's really cool. I'm excited for him. One, because he's such a good guy. But now we took an abstract idea of getting his advice and turned it into a product. And then he took it and ran with it. Because when you do what I do, you come up with ideas left and right. And sometimes you drop an idea on someone and like, hey, here's like the answers to the test. And they go, yeah, yeah, great. They put it in a drawer. And you're like, no, that was the answer to the test. You can't do that. So to see someone come up with something that you think is cool and then see them run for office on it and really turn it into money, Mm -hmm. that's one of my things. Awesome. So coming up with ideas is one thing, but how do you know when an idea is palatable or not? You don't. And that's the high wire act that you run. You make educated guesses. And to say that I know what's going to work and doesn't would be like totally arrogant. So like, no, that's why you have failures every once in a while. And when you have someone pay you to collaborate, you come up with ideas and there are marketing folks in the call that I really respect. I'm sure this resonates with them too. You come up with something that you think is right and it flops. You just feel terrible. But there is no like inventory on an idea. If that doesn't work, it's not like you have to tear down walls and rebuild them. You just come up with something else. So it's all educated guesses. It's all looking for the metrics that you expect out of the idea. And then if the metrics are there, you stay on it. If the metrics aren't there, you come up with something else. Really, really good stuff. So final question. I believe you said there were five points that you mentioned in your pitch. Let's walk through those before we close out. Yeah, sure. Here are five things that I think people do wrong when they're marketing their small business. And these are just things that come to mind. The first thing is that we're on the planet and we can do whatever we want. If you wanted to quit being a podcast guy and go be a hot dog cart vendor in New York City, no one's stopping you, right? You could do it if you wanted to. We can literally do whatever we want for a living. We just have been traditionally built into what we're doing right now. The reason why I bring that up is that people feel like they're doing what they're doing and they're stuck. And the first thing I see that people get wrong is that they don't have to offer all the products that they could offer. There's probably one product inside their entire offering that they're put on the planet to do. And every minute you're doing something that you're not put on the planet to do, you're not following your calling, then you're wasting time and you're not going to resonate at your highest possible level. When you find that one thing you're supposed to do and you do that, it just opens a whole new part of you. And I think people can smell it. I really do. I believe in this wholeheartedly. The second thing that I think people get wrong is that they're afraid to differentiate. 
going back to the conversation we had with Lori, Lori could just for the next 20 years just say, you know, I'm a financial advisor. I offer clarity and I'm that's who I am. I'm Lori. But no, you got to differentiate. You got to stand out. You got to find a way to say, I'm doing something different and have people look at you like a dog. Like, huh? What are you talking about? Like, that's interesting. Tell me more. And people sometimes don't have the guts to push to differentiation. So you got to say something that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's 100% true. The third thing that I think that people get wrong is that they're not courageous. And what I mean by that is they're not courageous in selecting an audience. So many small business owners say, well, I help everybody. But then you help nobody. If you can't identify an audience, you're going to have a really hard time attracting them. So having the courage to identify who you're for and who you're not for is going to help people better understand that special gift that you have to provide. Number four, I think people make a mistake because they talk about what they do, not the benefit of what they do. Nobody cares that you can record the podcast. Nobody cares that you're going to give them edits. Nobody cares that you're going to transcribe it. What people care about is you're going to raise your authority. You're going to become an influencer. You're going to get in front of the right customers and attract people through all of the features. So you got to sell the benefits, not your features. Always about what they want. And then the fifth thing is every word, every breath, every marketing piece, every event, the only person that should care about it is your target audience. We used to say something in radio when we get our ratings back. Let's say we were targeting women 2534 and all of a sudden men 45 to 64, the listening went crazy. Instead of saying, hey, we got more listeners, we'd say, uh-oh, something's wrong. Because something's out of tune. Something isn't working right because the wrong audience is resonating with what we're doing. We must not be dialed back in. Now, sometimes that was a fluke, but sometimes it was an indicator that we weren't as dialed in as we should be. So that kind of goes back to that courage is knowing your audience and relentlessly only worrying about what's in it for them every minute of the day. So those are the five things that I see that I think people do wrong. And if you want to talk about it more some other time, I'd be happy to do it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Pat Miller, the idea coach. Applause, applause. (laughs) Thank you, LZ. Appreciate it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.